The Highlander Podcast is brought to you by Outdoor Product Design and Development, a four-year undergraduate degree focused on training the next generation of product creators for the sports and outdoor industries. Learn more at opdd.usu.edu. The Highlander Podcast is sponsored by the Utah Outdoor Association, a business association focused on elevating Utah's outdoor industry through educational programming and events. Their membership consists of Utah's outdoor manufacturers, retailers, outfitters, and guides. Member benefits include networking opportunities, recruitment of talent, and brand promotion. More information about volunteering and membership is available at utahoutdoor.org. On this episode of our History of Gear series, we talk with David Whetstone and Michaela Hardy about the North Face Archives. We talk about the origins of the collection and how product and brand history influence the company today. Welcome back, everyone. This is Chase, and joining me today, two guests from the North Face, David Whetstone, uh, with the Design Manager, Global Collaborations, Archives, and Special Projects, and Michaela Hardy, PR and Entertainment Manager at the North Face. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. This is great. We've been trying to do this for a while, and it's great to finally be, be here. Well, you, you both have been juggling quite a bit the last uh, few weeks and months with some big collaborations being announced. Uh, you, you've got a lot going on, so I appreciate you even being willing to take the time to jump onto a little podcast like ours. So, um, but, but the work that you're both engaged in is so interesting, um, and it aligns so well with what we're doing here at the university on the archive side of things. I, I, I had, to, had to talk to you a little bit about what you're doing and, and your, your thoughts on archives and how you use archives and, and how, you, how you, David in particular, how you got into archival work. Um, so we'll get into some of that today, but you know, for, uh, for listeners, I like to tee up the conversation with how did you both get into the outdoor industry? Um, I think that journey is, is interesting. Uh, everyone's journey is a little different. There's no um, clear path into the outdoor industry. And so I think it's always helpful to at least tee up. How did, you know, what was your first introduction to the outdoors? What was that for, for both of you? I don't have the most um, <laughs> inspiring answer to that, but uh, you know, I, I grew up in, I grew up in Ohio. So it wasn't um, a haven for, you know, the great outdoors. It was, you know, more traditional athletics, basketball, baseball, football, those kind of things. And um, I guess for me, um, it wasn't something that was, you know, really on, my, on the radar um, until I moved to the West Coast. I moved to the West Coast after graduating for a job in Portland, Oregon. And there I started running marathons and, and doing some trail running um, and some, I guess, yeah, trail races even. Um, <laughs> feels like a long time ago. But that's, that's how it started for me, um, more on the running side. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, when I moved to the Bay, um, I was working at an industrial design agency for about five years, a consulting firm. And I left that company and was looking to, you know, just do something new. And there were a few brands that I had just admired that were, you know, in the Bay Area, North Face being one of them. And I, I just reached out to kind of try to understand, you know, what, what opportunities were there. And, and I think, you know, going to the North Face and, and starting there, um, you'll see, yeah, you'll see plenty of images as we get into this presentation. It just exposed me to, you know, something new. Um, 
that I had, I feel like a bit of adjacency to, but was never just like all the way in. And um, I think that's allowed me to kind of look at everything with a new set of eyes. And I, I feel like, you know, so blessed that I, I'm learning so much and, and uncovering so much and unpacking so much, you know, through, I guess, my interest in the archive and um, in the history of the brand. Long answer, but I hope that kind of catch, covers, uh, covers everything. That's great. Yeah. Michaela, what about you? Yeah, I would say that my, my entry is a little more traditional. Um, I grew up on the, on the East Coast in New Hampshire. I uh, grew up hiking, uh, snowboarding, kind of like being in the mountains, being outside. Um, and, you know, after I graduated, um, I found an internship at Timberland uh, Boot Company in, in uh, Stratum, New Hampshire, and got my start with them in, in PR. I have a communications background. Um, and, and, you know, when you're in, when, once you're under the VF umbrella, they have a good job at, at keeping you here. They, it's definitely a great company and, and they take care of their employees and um, definitely great job growth. So at Dirt Timberland, I found a role with the North Face and uh, moved out to Alameda, California at the time before we relocated to Denver. And um, all of a sudden, four and a half years passed and I, I've been in the, the outdoor industry about, about six. But yeah. but yeah, it's been really, really interesting. But you bring up a really interesting point. There's, well, both of you, there's, there's so much uh, to dive into when you learn about a certain activity, right? There, yeah. There's this whole history behind different activities um, that people within those communities may or may not know, or is important to, to, you know, the evolution of those activities or those sports. Um, I, I've, I've kind of had that same experience diving into to archival work. It's, you kind of have to learn about the history of an activity to understand the history of the products that come along with it, uh, yeah. which is a journey in and of itself. But yeah. with that said, how, how, did the, how did you both get into archival work? Um, and I know, David, that's, that's more kind of your lane and Michaela, yeah. you're, you're supporting that. Um, what, yeah. how, did, how did the archive come about and how did, um, how did, I guess, you get involved? For me, I was... I was um, working on a creative kickoff for fall 2019 collection, um, supporting across, you know, new concept and, and I guess just general ideation. And a part of that was um, an exposure of the archive that we had on hand at the time. And this is an image I found last night um, in my iPhone camera reel, a uh, camera roll. Um, but I was looking at, you know, all of these pieces that we pulled out from the archive. You're seeing some collaborative pieces from uh, Jinya Watanabe, um, designer of men, menswear designer from uh, Japan. And then also, you know, some pieces from Supreme. And I was really interested in, you know, why the brands, that were collaborating us were, were, were selecting the items they were selecting. Like what was it about these pieces? And it was, it didn't take a lot of digging to understand that, you know, the brands that we're working with were, were inspired by our, our, our most iconic products. And, and they all had a story. They were all built, you know, for on mountain, um, extreme expedition, expedition level product. And, you know, that's what, that's what gave all of the items like their cultural relevancy off mountain, you know, the, the, the inherent like capability uh, that each of the products had. And um, 
after I you know, kind of learned about some of these products here on this rack, I wanted to know everything. I mean, I just kept searching for, you know, lineage of, you know, well, what was the jacket before, you know, this blue jacket for what was the jacket before that? How did it get there? Like, why were the, you know, why was, you know, why does this one have an overlay that runs on the elbow and some of them don't like, why is this one slightly longer than the other, you know? And I was trying to map all of the pieces, you know, from the archive together. And, and, and really it was just the exposure here. Um, seeing this rack and being like, whoa, I, I need to know like the real origins of, of these items. And I guess that's coming from the place of um, just being a, a product, you know, product enthusiast. Um, again, I, I mentioned I have an industrial design background. So the physical object to me is, is uh, I guess the most expressive um, and most tangible part of a brand. And, and it's what captures the brand essence, unlike anything else. It's, it, is, it is the way brands connect with people. And I yeah, just wanted to understand more of our catalog, I guess, and, and, and uncover more and know what, you know, know what I was looking at when I was looking at our product. I was going to ask if, if your industrial design background had an influence on the way that you look at product or the way that you, or, or if it influenced the archives. And I mean, you, you, you answered that question, but it seems like industrial designers come, come about or look at product in a, in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, um, there, it's, it's funny. There's, there are, you know, principles of design that I, that I've found relevant to any category, whether it's, you know, a consumer electronic, an apparel product, where um, I'm probably missing some things, but, you know, there's, there's these principles that, that translate. I think our most iconic 90s product, I believe, was built by um, a graphic designer. We'll get into that a little later, but, you know, the, the products that are, the products that are um, you know, iconic yellow, blue, red, blocks with with black you know the the horizontal um black and and i think it was a designed by a woman uh, named ingrid harshberger um i i really need to learn more about her um because you know again a a non-traditional path but what i've what i've heard is that her um interest and and you know training and graphic design is what kind of kept that orderly um, simplicity across all of those key 90s products and, and really still lives, you know, from like an ethos level with us today when we're creating new products. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just interesting that, you know, you don't necessarily have to be an apparel designer or, you know, an industrial designer or, or you know, you don't have to come from that traditional path to, to have an impact in, in, building, in building product as, you know, as illustrated with Ingrid. So, I, I, I find think, that, yeah, I find that super interesting. Sorry, go ahead, Chase. Yeah, it, it seems like, well, I guess, let me back up. So when you started to recognize there was some opportunity to bring together some kind of a, an archive, um, it sounds like there were a lot of items that you already had access to. What, how did that come about? Was that, were those just 
people understood that, oh, we have some items that we worked on for a collaboration. These are significant. We should have them around. I mean, what was the state of the the collection at that point yeah. when you started to recognize we we should turn this into an an archive of sorts? When when I when I started, there were um, yeah, there were there were a few of our you know key uh, collaborations with Supreme. And again, I mentioned Junior. Um, and that was a small rack. Um, from what I understand, the brand didn't have a, a, a super extensive archive before our now um, VP of design, VP of creative, uh, Tim Hamilton joined. And I know Tim was really instrumental in uncovering our history and, and being, you know, and bringing it to the forefront and being proud of it. And he's, he's really uh, who should get the credit of, you know, starting the archive and, 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 and starting to catalog the product outside of some of those collaborations. But then the collection just grew organically. You know, every, every year we have two creative kickoffs of a fall and a spring collection. And we want it, you know, we always want to identify some key products or silhouettes that, you know, we feel like we can build off of or, you know, distort or, you know, think about it in a new context. And, Sometimes we, did, sometimes we had those references and sometimes we didn't. And so when we didn't, we had to try to figure out, okay, well, where can we find it? Um, you know, who do, who do we know that might have it? And then, you know, what is the, what is the piece that is the most relevant? You know, for fall 20, we were, we were looking at some, some parka you know, parka level products. So we were looking at the history of our, you know, heaviest weight expedition parkas throughout the years. And, we had to go through, you know, catalogs and um, printed, you know, printed material, digital material to understand what were those, what were those parkas that were the most important um, and, and, and best told our history. And that just is a lot of flipping through lookbooks and kind of understanding, okay, well, if, if, this, if this product appeared in 73 and is continuing until 85, it must have been a significant, you know, it must have been a significant product. Or if this product is from 94 and it's continuing through 2000 and then in 2000, it, the, you know, the name maintains, but the design lines change, like then you're starting to realize, okay, that's a franchise that we need to, you know, catalog all of those years um, across, across, you know, uh, the, the product's history. And, and that's, and that's where I guess my role really started. I mean, Tim started, you know, pulling some things, but I, I started just like wanting to, yeah, like catalog everything and understand everything and, 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 and find, find, you know, pieces and complete, you know, complete eras. I guess I was looking at, you know, like the seventies, the nineties, some of the nineties ski collections and then into the two thousands. But um, it's interesting here because the, it, the archive is not only showing, um, product but it's also suggesting a color and a color theory um we have you know the yellow is we always you know we always call expedition yellow right the the yellow was um considered to be coffee for the eyes when explorers were you know out on the you know you know out on an expedition and and in these high vis colors were so important to our brand and i think one of the things that's made our brand, you know, what it's been is the use of color. And I mean, you're seeing that here all the way back to the seventies, like 
super, you know, super clean palette with, you know, the blues, the browns, the reds, the oranges, the greens. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's, um, I, I, I just find it, I just started to find it fascinating as, as we were, yeah, finding these products and then seeing these themes that you could, you know, clearly unpack. I, I've noticed in, in the work that we've been doing, preserving print material, um, you know, you have one or two catalogs and okay, that's, that's cool. Right. Those, those are old, you know, old, old catalogs. But as soon as you have a hundred, a thousand, 2000, 3000 now in our collection, it, it, well, it becomes a collection. Right. And I wonder if you've kind of felt that, that same thing as, as the, as the product collection came together um, for you. I mean, I look at this image and it's really striking, right? And you get that bigger picture and that bigger story of, of what the brand means and, and the values and, yeah. and and all of that. Whereas maybe if you look at a one-off piece, oh, you know, you think that's that's cool, right? Yeah. Um, but when it's all together like this, this has got to be really inspiring for for yeah. the design team. Yeah, con- context is everything. You know, it's it's um, like you said, uh, a, a, a catalog versus a series of catalogs. You can put together not trends, but you can put together, you know, you can put together themes and, re- you know, reoccurring themes and you can start to deduce like, you know, ideas or, you know, concepts around what it was like to, to build product in that era. What were the values and, 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 you know, what, you know, what did the consumer value? You can, you can imagine, you know, some of those conversations in, in a way. Um, we, we've, we've done some exploration where, you know, we've, we've looked at an era like the, let's say this era for era, for example, what we call an internally chapter one, anything built from 66 to 79. And we'll look at all of the pocket constructions from that era. And I have a page later in the deck. I hope, I mean, everything is kind of out of, out of, um, out of order because of, I'm not sure how this conversation is going to go, but you know, we'll look at, you know, we, we'll look at pocket constructions. We'll look at zipper pulls. We'll look at, yeah. Draw cords snaps, you know, color. And, and that can then be, you know, a foundation for design as we, you know, build collections. Of course, you know, design can do something new. It's, 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 uh, it's so important that, you know, we're, we're pushing new, but without understanding where we've been or, or kind of, you know, design lines and details that mattered there's no way to move it forward i mean you you have to have that you have to have that knowledge of the brand and and, and knowledge of like proportion and just like inherent like tnf design dna um i can see how companies could lose their way or you know around like who they are at their core if they don't keep a collection of of a product or catalogs because there's yeah. so much turnover within brands. Right. And, and yeah. some of these brands get bought and I met North face has gone through that experience, right. Of being bought um, yeah. and acquired and, and, and things get passed around and, you know, old product disappears or gets thrown out. And, and so I could really see how a company yeah. could just forget who they are or what made them great. And it seems like the North face through the archive um, and through a really conscious effort has, has really tried to, to not let that happen. And I imagine a lot of that comes back to archives and having this material available for reference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, I, I think the, you know, there's so many ways to interpret the archive and it's up to all of the designers and 
you know, category managers and, you know, all of, you know, all of the people involved in building product to, you know, take something from this and, and, and sort of, I guess, curate or distill what they're, what they're pulling from that in their own ways. But if you, if you zoom out, you know, from a macro level, you can look at the item, or it's the seventies items or the nineties items. And you can, you can see some common themes. Like you can see some, um, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's a proportion, maybe it's a simplicity in the way that the baffles are stitched together. Maybe it's, you know, how the, how the overlays are placed um, and, and where, you know, where uh, areas are reinforced, you know, there's so much to, you know, again, distill um, that, you know, having that, you know, having those physical references when designing the new, I think it keeps everything grounded in a DA that's appropriate for us. I mean, there's, you know, we always talk about, you know, like the simple color blocking. Well, maybe it's not that everything is block to black in 2022, but the way that the way that those pieces work together and the seam lines work together, there's, there's definitely something that can inform, you know, how we're thinking about what's next. And I, and, and, and without, I feel like just without the context of the past, there's, there's really no way to like influence the future. And in, in, unless the future is a, a new brand from scratch, you know, you have to, you have to understand where, where you've been to, to, to move forward. And, and, and I think that's probably, um, you know, I think there's, you know, levels, you know, there's, there's levels of how, how literal or how, you know, how much you want to push that. And, and I think, you know, we're open to that, but I, but just this exposure grounds, you know, grounds, uh, grounds everything, you know, grounds all of our new, new, uh, new products. I, I think another like interesting point to add there, not to <laughs> cut you off chase, but no, go ahead. Um, this like <clears throat> how important the tangible history is with product, but then like, we're really, really lucky as a brand to have, um, uh, an oral history that's told to us through athletes that have been on our team for years. Yeah. Like Conrad Anchor has been with us with the brand for a long time. And, you know, athletes like Jim Zellers, who, um, you know, has been like <clears throat> leading expeditions and like for <laughs> first and only, I think to like snowboard down half dome and like those like impactful moments that like the brand helped organize and lead that yeah. we're still able to like, we're still able to talk to those people and be like, you know, yeah. what, what did this jacket mean to you? What happened during the expedition? How did the gear perform? Um, yeah. What, what, like, what was made better after that, that you helped spearhead. And I think that like those insights have been like, I think all of us could say that work at the North face has been just like in, in extremely impactful to like having us all grounded in where the brand has been and where we want to go because like even having access to like Hapclop, you know, like Hapclop yeah, yeah. comes like to events with the brand once a year and talks to all the staff yeah. and is like, you know, this is why like we, these brands had moments in culture and like, <clears throat> this is why we created this product. And I think that like the tangible and the oral history of the brand has been, um, I think one of the, the <clears throat> things that have helped us maintain yeah. like our, our brand DNA, but then also like, continue to move us forward in culture because we do have these moments that we're able to be like, we all know that this happened because we can hear it from those individuals. You know what I mean? 
Right. At the end of the day, these are all human stories, right? Like there's product, but there's a human behind them that, that made decisions and not all of those decisions were written down in the catalog, right? Those are all the backdoor like stuff that was happening. Um, you know, that, that you can only get from the people who, who did it, right. Yeah. Or used the product. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because that oral history seems to be, well, you both know I'm passionate about that. That's what we're doing right now in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and I've had great conversations with some of those early employees, including HAP, um, with, with people like David Alcorn, um, who I know you both have, have had yeah. interactions with and, you know, designed the North Face logo. And um, I know you, the North Face has done a great job of trying to bring those people back and, and keep them involved and connect the next generation with the yeah. generation that made the North Face what it is, right? Yeah. Um, I, think, I think even in, we, we also had the, the meeting with Mark Erickson and mm-hmm. he talked about his story um, of, you know, just wanting to get into the North Face and, I think he started, I don't, you can edit this out if we have to, but I think he started sweeping floors. Did he yep. mention that? Yeah. yeah. yeah so, he he, so, so he started sweeping floors and an opportunity came. Um, I think an employee left and he was, you know, he ended up basically defining what that chapter one product that you saw on, you know, this side looked like. And then later um, built, you know, our Transantarctic collection and, um, there's something, there's something in the, like the rebel spirit that comes through when you talk to the, the people that were at the beginning of the, the, um, the beginning of the brand. And you can't, yeah, you can't put, you can't, um, define that in an, in a single image or a single piece. And you're right. I mean, the, the oral part, it, it, it uncovers that, that spirit. And again, it's so, it's so, um, I guess up for, you know, interpretation and, and, but I, but I guess that's like one of the things that I am really excited about is like trying to, you know, make sure that those stories live because it's, it's what made the brand who we are. It's, it's why we, it's, it's why we, you know, um, artists, musicians, scientists, rebels, like this idea of, you know, the designers that can, draw the clothes, but you know, you're creating the clothes next door to um, Credence Clearwater revival because they're sharing a space with you in Berkeley and, you know, uh, Grateful Dead is playing at your store opening and the Hells Angels are working the door and, um, you know, Buckminster Fuller is, you know, helping us revolutionize what it means to create a tent. And, and it, it takes all of those people and all of those personalities. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not able to like wrap this up into a thought, but it, it is a spirit and it is so, so hard to just be like, this is what the North face is. But then again, maybe it isn't because it's just this idea of, you know, like creating the best product and, and, and understanding that it's, it's, a, it lives at the intersection of, you know, it lives at the intersection of outdoor and culture and in science and art. And it's all of these things. And I guess just the more exposure that we have to it, the, the more empowering it is, I is as creatives. Right. I, well, more and more, I'm recognizing that, um, 
it's so easy for this history to, to be lost. And so it takes all of us, it takes yeah. universities, it takes the brands to, to go out and try to hunt it down and bring, you know, collect these oral histories, gather yeah. these items together and, and then distribute these stories and make them available for, for people. Yeah. Um, I, I just think it's easy for us to forget that. Well, I think it's, I think a lot of people just feel like, oh, the outdoor industry is young, right? There's like, there's not a lot of history there, but the more I dive in, the more I recognize yeah. well, we have more and more 50 year old brands every, every couple of years. Right. Yeah. And the North face has hit that mark, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was talking with um, the archivist. We, we did an oral history with Colin Berg, who's the archivist at Eddie Bauer. 100-year-old wow. brand, right? Yeah. L.L. Bean, 100-year-old brand. Like we're, the outdoor industry is older than I think a lot of people yeah. um, even recognize. Um, and so it's, it's easy to, to forget to, to do that work and yeah. preserve those items. It's, it's easy to just blow it off and say, oh, you know, that we're, we're not doing anything significant. And I know that's probably how a lot of the early, early employees probably felt. They didn't, although that was kind of different at the North Face. Every yeah. account that I've had are interaction talking with people at the North Face, they, they, they felt like know. we're, we're yeah. changing the world. That was, that was kind of HAP's mentality is we're actually yeah. doing something to change the world. So it's, maybe it, a little different situation there. But It's so interesting because um, when, whenever we, you know, my full-time job is collaborations. We, we t- kind of touched, touched on that at the beginning. And so the archive thing is really just a bit of a, a passion on the side thing that, you know, now a few of us are contributing to. And, um, when, whenever we talk to our collaborative partners, whether it's a streetwear brand, you know, founded by someone that's in their mid twenties or, you know, based in LA or a, a, a brand that, you know, you know, is, is like a European fashion house, right? Like they all have stories that are like deep emotional connections to, you know, what they think of the North Face or this was, you know, this was the product that I had when I was, you know, going to long, you know, you know, as a long walk to class in backcountry in France or there's, it's, it, it's, it's there. So, I mean, I guess it just shows that the people at the beginning, you know, they, they really were, um, I guess like changing an industry, they really were creating product that people connect to, you know, there's so many ways to come into our brand and it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's wild that, you know, these products that were built for this specific activity now have so much cultural relevance and connection and, you know, it feels, you know, almost so, you know, democratic in, in a way where, you know, everyone is, is able to, to kind of talk, to or, or or touch touch the brand so well with with that said you mentioned collaborations and i wanted to dive into a little more specifically how the collection gets used and for both of you having the archive and access to the history has got to be so yeah. important whether it is yeah. communications or whether it is reference on the on the product side so maybe i think yeah. maybe both of you can speak to that if you're comfortable doing that but how does Absolutely. it get used um, I've highlighted these these four points. For us, it's you know one is to understand our history. I think we've been you know touching on that, but it's it's important that it's you know a spirit or a brand level, um, and then also down to like a product level. Um, we use it to share our history with with collaborative partners. So whenever we start a program, we always expose the archive and we try to understand you know 
the brand that we're working with, like their history and, and how that would align to some of the collections that we've done in the past. Um, for example, we worked with a brand who was, who was founded in, in the 90s, uh, 88, and our expedition system started in, in 1990, right? So there was a natural connection there. Um, we, we use it to unlock, you know, these authentic narratives. Whenever we do a collaborative program, like we feel like we have the most success when we hyper-focus on a specific era or narrative and, and unlock that across, you know, product graphics. And last is to, you know, distort these authentic moments. Um, and that can be, you know, that's actually more of a comment for, well, I guess we do it in collaborations a lot, but our, our inline team is, is looking at, you know, some of the most uh, iconic silhouettes and they're thinking about how they can, you know, update them, whether it's a length or fit proposition or, you know, a color and material proposition. So those are the, I guess, the four guiding ways that we use archive. Um, Michaela, do you have anything you want to add? No, I think that like these, these points are spot on for like how we approach it from the product lens and from the marketing and communications lens. Um, you know, I think about as we're starting to approach like, um, you know, marketing messages within um, collaborative partners, it's pretty easy for us to go back into our history for when, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when the collection is pointing back to, whether it's our expedition system or chapter one, and like pretty easily understand like how we would talk to that timeframe in the points that we would want to bring up. Like, you know, if it's, if it's the expedition system and we're talking about our Nepsi and, um, you know, our mountain jacket and Denali and pieces like that. Um, I think that there's like a, a pretty distinct way that we, we discuss that time and, and how the, the expedition system was really um, pushing mountain exploration in a way that um, hadn't been done before. And then, you know, you think about chapter one and, and kind of the beginnings of the brand and, um, you know, what David was, was talking about with, um, you know, our first store um, and, and warehouse in Berkeley and sharing, a space with Clearwater and like, and, and how those, those um, conversation topics come up is, is very easy for us. I think that like, you know, when we, when we think about um, new and innovative projects, um, you know, something like Future Light that is like, is new for our brand and in, in touches on innovation, that's, that's where we think about new narratives, but um, with our collaborative partners that we want to touch back on a moment in time and a moment in history of, of each brand, um, there's, there's, it's a pretty easy way to talk about that. That's like very true to both of our brand DNAs. And we're able to share that with collaborative partners because um, I mean, David, I don't know if you, you hope to touch on this in the future about just how we, how we approach that selection process, but it's pretty important to, to us um, to make sure that we're staying extremely true to our brand DNA um, while also making sure that the partner feels the same, you know, that we're, we're able to like have this shared value set in this shared approach to being true to each brand's history and, and make something really beautiful out of that. Yeah. There's, I would, there, there's so much to continue on that, Michaela. And I, I do think we'll get into that when we talk about how, when we talk about sharing our history with partners, that, that like collection selecting and item selecting and yeah. Well, I'd love, I'd love to get into that. Maybe we can get into that a little bit um, cool. or unless you wanted to touch on, understand our history yeah yeah. well let's yeah let's just go through i mean so so for us like when we talk about understanding our history i'll go i'll go relatively quick 
quick here, but for us, you know, internally, this is just, again, it's that um, like nuanced um, brand emotion and, and, and feeling that, you know, everyone can interpret and interpret it in a way that's right for them. But, you know, it's important that we, we understand where we've been. Um, you know, we think of our first expedition as when we opened that store in, in San Francisco, um, this is Doug Tompkins and Yvonne Chouinard, um, downhill, <laughs> uh, skating, you know, it's kind of, it kind of captures the spirit of what our brand's about, right? It's, it's exploration, new ideas, new ways of thinking. And, you know, we can, we can then catalog all of these moments, right? So that idea of the store opening and, you know, having the Hells Angels working the door, that, that idea of, you know, counterculture being ingrained in our DNA from day one. Um, you can't make that stuff up, you know, like that's, that's, those are moments that, you know, I think brands would kill for that level of authenticity. And, you know, we had Grateful Dead playing the, the music. They actually were, were tenants just above, just above the store in, in the North Beach neighborhood in San Francisco. So, um, you know, that, this is now uh, a really mediocre uh, taco shop in, in San Francisco, but <laughs> um, that's beside the point. Uh, in Berkeley, you know, you're, you've got your, you know, your, your warehouse making product um, and it's sharing walls with Credence Clearwater. So they became the soundtrack of the brand and, and, and that sort of message and that sort of message in, in contemporary culture was just ingrained in who we were from the beginning. So, you know, under, Oh, well, I'm skipping a, skipping a page, but our first, our first um, sponsored expedition was to protest a proposed pipeline in, in Alaska. Um, our first collaboration was with Buckminster Fuller, um, integrating the geodesic structure into tent construction. Our, um, we provided apparel for, uh, the Annapurna expedition, which is which was the first women's led expedition, and um, included the first two women to summit Annapurna and the first Americans to summit Annapurna. So you're seeing our Sierra vest on the left, and again um, here on the right. And it's like um, '86. It's our first sponsored, you know, humanitarian march. Um, the Great American Peace March, which was a protest from Los Angeles to Washington, D.C. to protest the, um, well, to, um, you know, to, pro yeah, to, to protest uh, nuclear, nuclear weapons, right? So you've got all of these moments in history that are shaping who we are and, and, and kind of reinforcing the idea of arts and activism and culture all in one. Um, Keith Herring here, you know, doing his... Great American Peace March. That wasn't um, that wasn't an official like North Face tea or anything, but just the fact that we were a part of um, the same moment that you know other great cultural thinkers were were putting time and energy to. It's it's something that again I, I find just so special. And you know when we uncover these images, it's like I think just a few weeks ago, we found a new, new image that I'd never seen from this peace march. And, you know, you're just, you're just always learning or, or adding to the depth of some of these stories. The trans Antarctic expedition was the first non mechanized, mechanized crossing of Antarctica 
and it was to raise awareness for global ch climate change. So there were six explorers um, representing a, you know, a global team and all went back to their countries um, to you know, explain their findings. Um, Antarctica in 2017, um, this was an innovation summit. So we're thinking about what's next. And then, you know, Lhotse, it was the first ever uh, ski descent of Lhotse um, by Hillary, who uh, just became our first uh, women's, women's team captain from the 90s on to 2019. And here you're seeing, you know, that, that jacket that was on the rack um, from that fall 19 kickoff that I was trying to understand more about what, you know, what it was that made it so special and why did Supreme want to um, reimagine it? What, you know, what gives it the credibility in New York City? And the reason it has credibility is because it can take you to the most extreme places in the world. And um, yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's just like for us, just like keeping those, moments sort of at the top of our minds when we're, you know, when we're, when we're speaking internally and then also, you know, sharing our history, you know, we, we do, we do um, share outs for again, uh, seasonal kickoffs that, you know, highlight some of our, you know, most important collections here. You're looking at our icons from the nineties. Um, we did reissue, we, we did reissue steep tech in fall 2020 for the first time and uh, you can't see, but these are these are Scott Schmidt's original sketches explaining the ethos behind the logo and um, the, the gear itself. That's his, that's his suit and uh, his boots. So we were able to, you know, bring that in and allow employees to, you know, see and, and, and feel that part of our history. Um, Does that fall under you? Is, is some of this part of your role of, of saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to visually display this in, in the offices so people can, can appreciate that. Does this fall under you or is it yeah, sure a collaborative yeah. collaborative? Yeah, so effort. We, um, we used to have a, a, well, we still have creative kickoffs with uh, everything that's happening in the world with, with COVID they've all been digital now, but um, previously we used to build out a space and, mm. and kind of, you know, use that to talk about some of the things that we would be standing for for the season. So Fall 20, um, we reissued, reissued the 1994 Himalayan uh, jacket for the first time. And, you know, we were able to track down the suit. And I can tell you, like, finding the suit was crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, what, go, what goes into that? I know you're, you've probably got eBay alerts for all sorts of yeah, North well, Face it's, products. It's, it's funny because you can, you know, it's just like, obviously, like, North Face Vintage is a, is a search on eBay that you have yeah. saved. But then sometimes you can just search like North face down suit or North face down, you know, yeah. if you can go really general and, um, and then it helps, you know, it, 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 it opens the aperture even more because you know, some of the people that are selling these products, they don't know the product name. So if you type in, you know, North face Himalayan suit in eBay, yeah. and this is listed as North face down suit, then, you, you, you're never going to catch it. So you're, you're trying to broaden the aperture. And, and this one, this one was definitely one of the ones that was um, hardest to find. Um, but we, we did find it from a, a collector in, in New York and um, it was, it was huge because it, it, it was referenced not only for this kickoff, but then also uh, I think on the, yeah. So on the next page, you're seeing the, the yellow uh, Parker version rather than the whole, 
you know, suit version, but you're able to then, um, you know, work, work, work with, work, work with the real product and nail proportions and details when, when reissuing, you know, a piece that's that critical to the history. So, um, but yeah, that, that's, I think how the archive is used. The first, the first part was definitely like, you know, understanding it from just like an ethos and what the brand's been about. And then the second part is like communicating that out to our, you know, our teams and, you know, creating timelines or, you know, bringing together these imagery of, you know, the, this was a, this was an icons collage showing the, the on mountain to, you know, like off mountain, um, you know, connection. But we're always, you know, trying to keep that at the forefront of, of the conversation and, and dialogue internally. The, the other part is, is sharing our history with partners. So when we have a collaborative program, and you're kind of seeing it a bit worked here, um, when we have a collaborative program, we try to pull some of those key eras or key collections out. So that way it's not overwhelming, you know, for, for the partner. So we say, like, this was Transantarctic, this was, you know, Steep Tech, this was the nineties, and then it's easier to understand. Um, and then, yeah, we, from there, we just lay out, we just lay out products on the, you know, we just lay out product and think about, okay, this is, this is the complete collection. If we want to do a complete seventies capsule, you know, here it is. Um, it's the long rain jacket. It's the short parka. It's the super heavy expedition parka. And it's the lighter Sierra jacket with the Sierra vest. And then, that's like that that gives us a snapshot of what we want to capture and it also is suggestive of you know color of the era of course that can be reinterpreted with our partner but like knowing where color started is is really critical in like getting at least the the ethos right you know and like having some sort of um uh, some st sort of starting point that's that's rooted in something. So that's looking at like a '70s collection. This is looking at a '90s collection. So again, this was a this is from a working session where where we were selecting key items, and you know we wanted to reimagine the Himalayan parka, and you know it's it's it was so critical that the Velcro on the Himalayan parka we reimagined maintained that you know rectangular. Velcro, right? So all of those details maintain, like maintain authenticity, but the shape or the color, um, you know, can be distorted. But as long as there's those things that are, you know, intact, it, it keeps, it keeps it grounded in something that was real for us. So I hope that's, um, yeah, I hope that's answering how we use the archive with partners. Um, yeah, what, what is the, what's the response from a partner or uh, you don't have to say which partners, but when they walk into this kind of a space and see these <laughs> items lined up, I know some of your yeah. partners have their own incredible collections. I'm sure yeah. they have access to, but, yeah. but when they step in and, and see product laid out like this, what, what is the response? I, I don't think they're expecting it. I, I think, I don't think they realize, you know, just how extensive everything is. I'm, mm. um, yeah. And, and, and I think, yeah, it's, it's that, it's that, um, feeling where they all are like, Oh, I remember having this, you know, Denali fleece, or I remember, you know, this was the jacket I wore, you know, when, when I was a kid and, you know, like I, like I mentioned, like South of France or, you know, wherever that, wherever that might be. And, and there are these just natural emotional connections. And then 
I think they also want to know like the why, right? Like it's, it's how we talked about, you know, one item without the whole collection. You can't, you can't craft that complete story or that complete, you know, uh, complete expression. So they're always looking for the why. Okay. So this purple jacket, not, it's not a color match, but that was the jacket that went with the bib, right? This green jacket that was with these blue pants, but we start to, you know, but you can start to see like, okay, here's the, you know, here's the, here's the, here are the items and here are how they live with, live with one another. The yellow jacket, the Himalayan parka was the heavier version of the Baltoro, which was kind of the bigger, um, bigger sibling to the Nupsi, you know, like, and, and then when you look in the difference, okay, the Baltoro doesn't have the overlay and reinforcement all the way through the arm. It's not quite as long, but we have those conversations and we say like, well, what one feels better? We also think about, you know, which styles are critical or important for us like in line at the time for, for reissues. And then we try to, you know, we try to steer our partners like, hey, if you guys, if you're deciding between the Baltoro and the Himalayan parka, and we've got a Himalayan parka in line, like we'd love to, you know, tell the story of the Himalayan parka through your lens to support, you know, what we're doing um, as a brand, and that that just kind of connects, you know, all of those dots and informs conversations. But yeah, their their response is always, yeah, they're always blown away, and and, and vice versa. I've I've been to some archives that. Um, went back to 88 and we're complete um, we're complete for a whole collection from uh, you know like ready to wear to couture and that was something that I've just never experienced before and, and, and seeing yeah and seeing that is is really yeah really special so oh that's great yeah um, from a from a product level we we look at you know, pocket shapes from an era. So this is research that I had done um, just thinking about 70s pocket shapes. Um, this is a huge front pocket on a long raincoat. These are the, these are the flat pockets on a, on a lightweight, you know, what we call the mountain parka from 1976. When we have these reinforced, you know, when we have these placements, our teams from, you know, our teams from Summit Series and, and on Mountain Pinnacle Performance, you know, they're, they're looking at this too to think about, okay, well, that was how we reinforced areas of uh, high use then, but what could we do now that, like, could pay homage to or, you know, move it forward and, you know, how literal or, or not, that's up to the design team, but they at least have, like, a guiding a guiding place to start, which, um, it, it, again, it's just, it's just kind of drilling home that like idea of authenticity and, and DNA. And then, you know, when we, when we think about programs, um, it's really important for us to unlock authentic narratives. You know, we know internally that our mountain jacket, Denali and Nupsi, which are, are, which are, I would say by far our most iconic products were born on the mountain, but, and, and they represented best-in-class innovation in 1990 through, you know, the mid-90s and into the 2000s. And we've moved on from that as a brand. We've, 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 um, we've you know, we've been thinking about products in different ways, but, but uncovering that these products were 
from the mountain was something that we did with, uh, with our friends, um, Braindead, uh, an LA-based streetwear brand. And so, you know, we, we built the same, you know, product collection set and we staged uh, an ice wall. And this was Ashima, our, our, our climber, wearing the mountain jacket. But you're seeing how that on-mountain um, expression is kind of coming off in this new, like, brain-dead, curated way. So we brought the two-meter dome, dome to Dover Street Market, which is, you know, the, the, one of the leading um, contemporary um, retailers in the world. And, and you know, that... <laughs> that dome, you know, it's it kind of captures that emotion from from on mountain, but in a new way. And then we can follow that idea of you know the origin story all the way through retail. This is just, I mean, one example of how we are trying to unlock you know narrative in every in every collaborative program that we're we're doing. And um, if you have any questions about it, we can we can get into that, or we can just keep keep it moving. I mean, you've the questions in front of you, but yeah. what about archives? I mean, you've been doing this for a few years now, um, yeah. but what is it that keeps you interested in, in archives and archival work? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, what I have written here, it's, it's understanding the history of our most iconic products at both macro and micro levels. So um, at the mic- macro level, we, we just have kind of hit on these things called our icons in, in a few different contexts throughout this, this chat, but you know, we've got the mountain jacket, the Denali, the mountain light, the Nupsi, and the base camp. But trying to understand where they came from and why did that blocking, you know, kind of share an ethos across the styles. Um, it's not until you look through the lookbooks and, and understand that they were a part of a collection that you can really realize, like, that, that these clothes were built together. And that's why... They, they kind of became iconic together, you know, like they, they all needed one another um, and their like authentic on mountain story for that cultural connection off mountain. Um, this is, this is the, the first introduction of the expedition system from our 1990 catalog. And it was all the way back on page 35, which I find a bit funny because it's now again, like the most iconic uh, moments of our brand's history. But um, a, a part I want to read from this is um, the new expedition system by the North Face is, most, is the most technically advanced integrated clothing system ever offered, created by our experienced design team and tested by some of the most accomplished adventurers. The expedition system gives you the edge against the elements when even minute, when, when even minute gear, gear failures can extract the highest price. The beauty of the expedition system is that each of the 19 pieces is designed with all of the others in mind. The system's fast-drying inner layers, warm fleece and down garments, and weatherproof fabrics um, are cut to fit perfectly in layers, zip them together for maximum protection insulated shell, or wear them separately to match the weather. So that right there ultimately became the ethos of building product on mountain for our brand from 1990 on to now. Um, you've probably seen our advanced mountain kit, which was, reissued, or which was announced last year at ISPO. Uh, Michaela, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's building product the exact same way the, expedi- the expedition system was building product. Yes, technologies are um, advancing and constructions are 
you know, advancing and, you know, materials are getting lighter, but the idea of building product in layers has remained. So your ascent up and down the mountain, um, we're building clothing systems for you to perform your best in that context. And I, I just, when I read this, the first time I read this, it was like, oh, so the Denali here and the Lotse here zip into the mountain jacket, like all of the pit zips are aligned. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's amazing when you think about how this clothing system has really just defined our brand and, and how these, these pieces all um, launch at the same time. Here in the mitts, this is a, a TNF down over mitt, and this is a TNF pile over mitt. So you've got the fleece mitt, and you've got the shell over. So it, it maintains that, the, even the mitt maintain the, the same thinking as you know, wearing a fleece shell and, and, and adding a, a mountain shell over top. So um, yeah, I mean, I hope I'm, I'm, I hope I'm capturing this, but for me, this was the biggest unlock as a designer at the brand. Um, there are a few programs that we're doing um, outside of the collaborative uh, space and we are thinking about building product and layer just be because you know understanding like this is really where things shifted for us and so always maintaining that idea of of, of building one item in the context of the other and, and and not thinking about items but thinking about collections is, has been so important to me um, and then at the micro level you know, you can look at a product and you can say the Nupsi, for example, right? I mean, everyone knows the Nupsi, but there have been iterations of the Nupsi and, and you can look at it. And so the Nupsi came out in 1992. This is the Expedition Alpine Down Jacket. And um, this is an image from our 1989 lookbook. And you can see the beginnings of the Nupsi here. Um, <laughs> this is one that I found for myself. I actually bought, um, I have a few pieces for my personal archive. There's a, there's an over mitt and, and, and this jacket, I found this jacket in, in, in a, in a yellow, um, brand new with tags. Um, and it just starts that down jacket. It's the first down jacket that we had with the black blocking. Um, and then later, you know, here's the Nupsi as it, as it evolves with the black blocking. And you'll notice there's three and a third baffles uh, exposed. As we get into 1996, it's just the three. And so being able to trace that history of one item, um, it's a bit mind-blowing for me. It's like someone that's, you know, really excited about, about product. Um, you know, so your C89 action jacket here, but, you, you know, you could even trace this all the way back to the work that the early, the early team was doing with the 68 Sierra Parka. And, and you can see the evolution of you know, where we're at now with, with, with the Nupsi, which has really become one of the most iconic pieces in, in the history of outdoor. So um, I, I, I think you know, how the archive is used, it's used to trace that, that history. The mountain jacket, which is another one that's so important, um, 85. So it's, it's cropped. Um, it has the reinforcement at the, at the shoulders and the, and the elbows. But then in 1990, it was updated to be a part of the expedition system. So this product that lived on its own, it was the first pro product with this black uh, blocked to black color, uh, color approach 
and it predated expedition system by four years. So it was living, you know, on its own out, maybe even out of context until the rest of the expedition system joined it in 90. And, and when you read this um, mountain pant description, it says we designed this state of the art technical suit for hardcore summiting on, uh, on Himalayan giants. Um, it is your outer layer, the final barrier between you and the weather. We've changed the fit, made it roomier to accommodate more layering underneath. And that right there kind of gets at the update from where we went from 86 to 90. And, you know, we, we, we do have both the, the 86 and the 90 uh, versions in our archive. Um, you can, you know, you can go even further with the mountain jacket later, maybe 92, there was a ladder lock uh, on the hood for um, visibility on a, uh, you know, on a, with, with a, when wearing a helmet. And again, and that evolution, it's, it's, so interesting, you know, when you have, whenever you think of the iconic styles, you think of that black badge in the back neck, but that first one still had the brown label, the, the Moonlight Ivory, bro brown, brown label. Um, and, you know, it, it just takes it to such a different place. Yeah, I did have a, just uh, maybe not a question, but as you're going through the micro and the macro, it's like really clear how this would be valuable to a, a designer like in line working on product to be able to reference this. Like you, you kind of shared a few like direct applications for having an archive and yeah. understanding your heritage. And, and so it's just really clear the way that you're laying this out, how this would be valuable day to day. And that's, that's kind of the work that I'm engaged in is trying to, yeah. you know, obviously we want to bring items to our collection and print materials in particular, but if we can help inspire a brand to care a little bit more about their history, a lot of it comes back to um, brand, like return on investment, right? It's like, well, yeah. why would we create an archive? It's probably really hard to put a value on it, but that's the value, right? That's yeah. like that's one of the values of of doing something like this, just to be able to reference that and and for designers to refer back and tie, you know, product in through this. I mean, yeah. it's all an evolution of product at the end yeah. of the day. Um, so to be a part of that and be able to understand the intention behind product, like you displayed it here is is invaluable well thank you i'm glad it's helpful i mean it, it definitely is an ethos thing I and mean, you can get as granular as you want but mm -hmm. it, you can also zoom out as as much as you'd like to and go about it it's, it's up for interpretation so right well that that uh, kind of leads to the next question i i'd like to ask this of all of our archi archivists um but are there is there a most specialized item and is there an item that you're still looking for Oh wow, that's yeah, that's great. Um, well, so most special item is is really difficult, but I know everyone loves the Transantarctic product. It's it's just so special and so beautiful. This was um, Jean Louis jacket, so it's a real one, um, which is which is really exciting. And then um, I think the most exciting I've ever been opening a box was when I opened when I opened a box and found this. Um, this flyer. It's, it's, it's the official press release from Transantarctic in, in 1990. And again, like it's, it's what you unpack when you read through some of the descriptions, right? So um, with bone chilling temperatures dipping below negative, you know, minus 50 degrees and winds up to 100 miles an hour, Antarctica's weather conditions are the harshest in the world. Therefore, the clothing systems and shelters take on life-sustaining qualities. 
I mean, you, 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 you can only catch, I guess, the, 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 the gravity of these conditions in, 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 in words like this. And it makes you think, you know, it makes you think about, you know, items like this and, and just how capable and, and they really were acting as shelter. Um, so I'm going to read a few more things. Um, fit is critical, notes Mark Erickson. We've custom fit each garment to each team member. Each layer is precisely sized as an inner, middle, and outer layer. Multiple, multiple layers give the team multiple clothing options. And that's touching at that same ethos as, as expedition system. So when you think about this being a 1990 and expedition system being a 1990, it's clear there were learnings from both programs uh, in, in, in defining how our brand thinks about product um, and, and product creation. I love this quote. Um, the colors are both stylish and functional. Orange is high visibility, especially at dawn and dusk. Turquoise and purple are colors of the Antarctic water and ice. Each team member will have their own color-coordinated system. This allowed uh, team members to identify one another um, even in the worst conditions, right? Like you could, mm -hmm. you, your partner was maybe purple with teal stripe. Cool. I, you know, I, I see him. He's okay. You know, it's like just how elementary some of those ideas and concepts are, but how critical they were to, you know, survival. Um, I, I, yeah, I, 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 again, I, I find that all fascinating. Um, I want to read a couple more as we, as we go through. Um, the, our tents are havens from the outside world. The roominess and functionality of our own Himalayan hotel will make it like a four-star hotel in Antarctica. Hmm. Exclamation mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, again from Mark, all of the design concepts have been based on our tried and true expedition clothing systems. We've injected color and fashion so they'll reach their goal in true style. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of conversation in the outdoor, in the outdoor industry on, on what is authentic. And it's interesting because color um, and, you know, completing... Completing the goal. I mean, it's, it's written right here, completing the goal in true style. Like that was a part, that was a part of the design, you know, built in. And so it's interesting that that's something that is sometimes questioned as, as, as inauthentic or, or not authentic when it's spelled out in, in one of the most, you know, meaningful expeditions in the history of our brand and, and, and even the outdoor industry, it's like, it's, it's a part of, it's, it's just a part of it. It's, it's, it's ingrained. Like you can't have one without the other. Like these are expressive pieces and you, you can't expect people to not, you know, want to have that element when, you know, when dressing themselves, like they're still dressing themselves, you know, at the end of the day, you know, yes, they're protecting themselves, but this is, but this is still, this is still expression. Right. Um, and then the last thing I found, uh, found this on a hard drive, uh, again, at the bottom of the same box that I found these, these printouts and it was photos from the Transantarctic expedition. Mm. And it starts from the moment the dogs are boarding the plane. Um, two images from the expedition itself. And 
think you can you can you can see you know Mark Erickson's point here about color and how important and critical it was for those high visibility colors. Um, and then you know that idea of of expression and and uh, making it all the way to the end with you know a, a team dinner. But I'd never seen these images before, and I. I, I I'm sure there's other people in the brand that have different opinions of what our most important clothing systems are, but the Transantarctic and uh, Expedition system are, are definitely up there for me. And, and seeing, these, seeing these clothes being used in this context was, was just really special. So um, wow. um, I hope that, I, I mean, that was, that was my, my answer for what's, what's, yeah, what's the most um, precious item in the archive. I would say that collection of material um, yeah. That's really special. Um, I, I know I caught you off guard. I didn't prepare, prepare you for that, this, the follow-up question, but is there anything that that's missing that you wish you had or you're still on the hunt for? Well, we, we did lose our 94 hymn suit, um, but we just found a new one. So that was great. We found one from someone who was working on a movie set in Greenland and all of the producers were wearing them to stay warm. So uh, that was an int- that was interesting. Um, what else am I looking for? Yes, there. Th- this is the this is the piece. Uh, I will I'll I'll show it to you. This piece right here. Never seen it. It's the expedition suit, and it was a part of the first iteration of expedition system. I guess I could read the description. I, I'm not sure if it's shell or lightly insulated. But um, yeah, I would love to see it. And the expedition system has kind of evolved, right? So here the Sagar Martha Parka lasted for another year. And then by 94, the Himalayan Parka and the Baltoro came in. And those represented the sort of like most expedition level warm Parkas, right? So there's all of these, these, these pieces coming in and out. But for sure, it's, it's this piece. And I've always, and, and the other one I would say is this. I would love the fleece glove with the shell overlay or with the shell Mm. compatibility. Hmm. I feel like it's probably just so weird to find, you know, it's in in so um, specific. Right. And And people aren't using them day. They're not using them daily. Right. These aren't being circulated and people are wearing them around like uh, like a jacket. Right. Right. And and, and the other thing, like, you know, it's, it's easy to find a Nupsy. It's easy Mm. to find, you know, different eras of Nupsy and because people know the Nupsy, you know, and I, so I look for vintage TNF mitt often. I've never found one. I, I did find a, a down mitt from uh, 94. That's now a part that, that I bought as part of my personal. I have like three pieces for my personal hmm. um, that I just had to buy. I, I couldn't help myself. And then, yeah, this, th- these are the two I would say. Hmm. It took me a second, but then it didn't take me much longer. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, I had to say, there's, there's got to be items on your list for sure. Yeah, so yeah. I figured you'd come up with something. Yeah. Well, you know, this has been amazing. I, you know, in the short time that I've been getting into collections, it's just been interesting to me to talk to different people yeah. because there isn't a right or wrong way to, to build a collection. Um, yeah. Everyone kind of has a different... Uh, methodology. Uh, there probably is a wrong way. I know, you know, all the mu- museum curators are, are probably going to tell me all the wrong ways um, 
that it could be done. Uh, but I think the important thing is that brands are doing it more and more. And you have, you have a lot of the iconic brands in the industry who are, who are making that effort to take care of their own history. And um, I mean, I think your perspective has been really unique in, in the way that, that the North Face is, is taking care of its history and then using it, right? It's not just items in a, in a closet. You're putting it to yeah. use in so many different and interesting ways. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I mean, I definitely feel blessed that I'm um, able to be a part of the product creation process. And I, I definitely feel it's, it's been my, my primary goal along with, with our, our small collaborations team to, again, un- uncover these stories and, and how, that, how that looks for each project is always different. And sometimes it's more literal and sometimes it's less literal, but uh, I guess our hope is just that at any, uh, um, you know, any expression of that is, is, is contributing you know, to, to this like outdoor unlock in, in some way. So yeah, thank you for, for recognizing that. Well, I appreciate you being willing to take the time. Any, any parting thoughts? Um, I guess, how, how do people stay in touch with you and, and hear what's happening with the North Face and with the collection? Follow the North Face at <laughs> the North Face on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And you can follow me at uh, David underscore Whetstone um, on Instagram. Um, I, I don't, we don't post anything specific about the collection, but when you see collaborative programs um, launch, if you dig into it and do the homework, there's always something to uncover. Um, so I would say you can always find something um, to learn from, from each of our, our projects. And I, and I hope that hope that continues. <laughs> well, we didn't really touch on the future of the collection, but I, I'm, it's safe to assume it's bright. And uh, based on recent collaborations, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be yeah. getting a lot of use. So. Well, you, well you, should, you should definitely... Um, uh, our, our performance innovations that we have coming out for fall 21 and that were announced uh, are... I, I feel like they're like science projects. They're so beautiful and... I hope we, you know, we, we have those products uh, floating around the office, but I'd like to, you know, more formally document um, just because that duality and juxtaposition is, is so, so, uh, so important. So, yeah, that's, I think that's a great way, great place to leave it off. And I'm really thankful for your time and thanks for reaching out to me. And um, hopefully this was valuable. Oh, it's, it's absolutely been valuable. Thank you for taking the time to do it. Just wanted to give a quick thank you to Michaela, who had to jump out uh, during the middle of the interview to a, another meeting. So thanks, Michaela, for taking the time. Thanks for listening to the Highlander podcast. For more conversations with outdoor industry leaders and enthusiasts, subscribe and listen wherever podcasts are found or on opdd.usu.edu podcast.